You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Good ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for tuning in on this fine Wednesday. We got we got some stuff to talk about. We got some stuff to talk to take from Cody Rhodes, the most annoying opening to every promo he does. At least to me, it's annoying. What do you want to talk about? I'm not going to ask you that question. I know what we're talking about, right? Anyway. Yeah, just on that tangent, it's annoying, man. It's an, he opens every promo. So, what do you want to talk? It's cheap. It's a cheap pop. It's a way to get the the fans to sort of react to him. I understand why he does it. It's just really annoying to me. Uh, so we 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 uh, we got some things to talk about. Um. So let's go through what we're going to do. We got a one must go. I think it's a pretty decent one. Today's topic for one must go is going to be, um, instead of three topics, it's going to be four topics today because um, we are talking about NXT eras. Um, and there's four eras of NXT that I want, that, at least to me, right? We have the game show era when it first started. You have black and gold era. You have the 2.0 era. And what I'm calling the 2023 era, because I don't really know if they have a an actual era name for what we our current product, but it's not 2.0 and it's not black and gold and it's sort of like a mix of the two. Um, and so I'm just calling it NXT 2023 for now. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about um, a question that was asked in the casual community wrestling discord. That I said that I was going to save, instead of typing my answer out there, I was going to say to discuss on this podcast, and that is, um, go, and we'll talk about that question, that's how we'll end it, um, and that question is, if Triple H gave you creative for one day, so the original question says, what's the first thing you will do? I'm going to take it further, what is, what would you do, right, because I have more than one change. Right, so what would you do if you're in control of creative? What would I do? Right, and 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 I'll be honest with you, I haven't even really thought about it a lot. So a lot of that answer is going to come off the top of the dome. Um, but the first thing we're going to talk about, how we'll get this started, is the big announcement from Monday Night Raw. Now. I didn't watch all the Monday Night Raw. I watched till about 9.30, and I turned it off. I got bored of it. Um, but this was the big thing that I wanted to watch. And and if it, and so the first thing I want to say about this is WWE treats Monday Night Raw like it's a two-hour show. Because if they treated it like it was a three-hour show, Triple H would not have spoken until the 10 o'clock hour. You would have dragged, you would have kept people waiting for him to come give the announcement in the last hour of Raw. But they treat it like it's a two hour show, and then they just put all the filler at the very end. They put all the filler at the in that last hour um, of Monday Night Raw, which again leads me to believe. Raw needs to be two hours, and if USA really wants a third hour of television, you can put NXT level up as that third hour and introduce, begin to introduce the the non-NXT watching fans, the more casual fans to the NXT product, so maybe that they will tune in on Tuesday to watch it, and it gives you a third hour on television, 
um, for Monday if USA requires that. And you just don't have to, like, it, it, to me it seems like they put everything that they really care about on Raw in the first two hours, from 8 to 9 and then from 9 to 10. And then they, they, they put all the filler, everything they really don't seem to care about, they put, you know, in that last hour. Um, where they really they do a very good job booking about two hours of product, and then there's the rest of it is just filler to, to try to just fill up the three hour time slot. Um, so if the show was just, you know, t- the two hours from eight to ten, and then the last hour USA requires you could just put on NXT superstars. Hell, even show main event for all I I don't care, right? Um, I just the show isn't booked very well, I'll be honest. Monday Night Raw, is, it's very hard to keep my attention. Um, and so I got bored of it. The things that I really cared about, which were, are the Bloodline story and this Triple H announcement, I was able to see. So then I turned the television off. So we're going to talk about this announcement. Um, the announcement, for those who do not remember or do, did not watch Monday Night Raw, is... That Triple H, he came out, he he cut this promo about Roman Reigns, um, where he talks about, you know, he, he, he does this thing where, like, he praised Roman Reigns and, and said he was, you know, he's reaching a thousand days and, and he's truly one of the best and and that there's, there's, there's no one in the locker room that could beat Roman Reigns, right? And then he does this sort of promo where, like, he turns on Roman and so he built him up and now he's going to destroy him and say, well, the WWE universe deserves more out of our champion. We need a fighting champion. And and I'm going to talk about using that language and why I didn't, why I didn't like that, that language, um, here in a second, but uh, he then creates, Hey, we're, we're, we're we're creating a new title, right? Is essentially what he's saying. And he says, May 27th in Saudi Arabia at Night of Champions, we're crowning a new WWE heavyweight champion. And then he reveals the title. So the first thing I want to say about this, and, and, and I've really thought about this. I've really sat here and thought about this. That title design is ugly, man. It looks sort of like they they put the big gold, but then they stuck a, a I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's ugly to me. It's ugly to me. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the new title design. I don't understand why we have to have the logo of four WWE on the title. I really do not understand that. I don't know why we, we have to have the, the, the logo on the championship belt. It just, it, it, I don't, it, I don't understand it. It just, it looks out of place. Um, and I mean, all they really needed to do was bring back the big gold and just have World Heavyweight Championship written on it, and it's fine. So that was my first initial thought, right? But then I received the text as soon as they announced it from my dad. And he said, so what did what do you think about that announcement? Right? And I was like, eh, it is what it is. It is, and this was literally my words to him. It's literally... Just a way to have a champion on the show while Roman's gone, or Roman's taking his vacation. This is this is this is simply put fan service. This is how I was describing it. This is fan service to the people who complain about the Roman Reigns story that they that that, that WWE and this this is what they are. We would describe them as lukewarm. They have one. One foot in hot, and they have one foot in cold, and they're lukewarm. They don't want to fully commit to the Bloodline story because they know fans are starting to lose interest, and that the the fans that they really care about, which is the IWC internet community, whether even though they are a small minority of the fans, wrestling promotions have started to listen to the internet fans more than the casual fans who tune in and watch. And, and when I say internet fans, I'm talking about the people who are on there blasting Roman for winning, upset about Cody losing, you know, trashing WWE, you know, there's so, the, you know, the people who have the TikToks and the Twitters and they, they make the videos and they're the content creators. That's what I'm talking about. The content creators on the internet for, for the wrestling business, this was booked for them. 
right? They're the ones who are comp- complaining about Roman. They're the ones who are complaining about only having one champion and that the, and, and I hate this phrase, by the way, that the title is being held hostage. The title is not being held hostage. I get it. The story has gone on for about three years now. I get it. That we, we right? I get it. It's, it. It does make the show a little bit unbearable to not have a cha- a fighting champion. You know, every single pay per view. But you got to understand the right. I would complain. Like I complained about it when it was when this was Brock Lesnar, right? I complained about it when it was Brock or when it was Goldberg, right? But I'm not going to sit here and complain about it when it's Roman, not because it's Roman Reigns, right? So many people are like, oh, it's because it's Roman, he's your favorite. No, it's not because it's Roman. It's because of the gimmick that Roman is playing. So let me explain. Roman's gimmick is that he lives on the island of relevancy, his entire th- his entire shtick is that he's the tribal chief on the island of relevancy that there that he's beaten everyone there is no one that that can beat him that there's no one on his level and that he'll come back to fight when they find a person who is relevant to fight and for him to have a match against that he does things on his terms when he wants to and that he is the one in control that's the gimmick. So I can't complain when that's the gimmick and he goes away for three months because that's literally his gimmick, right? And, and it works for Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns would not work if he was defending 12 pay-per-views a year. It just wouldn't work. With the, gimmick, the, the gimmick wouldn't be believable. There isn't that many superstars he could fight that would be a realistic match at this point. At this point, the only thing that I could see happening is Jey Uso or Solo Sokoa. There's one final opponent left for Roman Reigns. I think it should be Jey Uso, and you finish the story with Jey Uso defeating Roman Reigns. That's how I think this should happen. But that's the only thing that makes sense at this point. And so you have these internet fans, who are these, these, these content creators, who complain pay-per-view after pay-per-view or premiere live event after premiere live event week after week Roman's not on the show he's holding the title it's not being held hostage if he's doing the gimmick that that has been portrayed over the last three years the titles aren't being held hostage he's just doing what his gimmick is right and it would tarnish Roman Reigns gimmick if he were to show up Every single week. Now, I do agree he should be on the show at some point. There's no reason in the world, and I've been saying this for what it feels like five to six years now, that there's no reason in the world where you you give you know a part-timer champion like Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns where you get them while you have them to film you film like six months worth of promos and vignettes from, right? If Roman, if they filmed vignettes and promos from the island of relevancy, right? Where he's sitting on the beach, on the island, with the titles. Even You could even have him on like a throne, right? Or in an office, right? Because they're playing off of a mob story. This is essentially a mob story at this point, which I don't understand why they had to bring in the mob aspect, right? I get it because this is essentially, you know, a different type of mob. It's just a different type of culture, right? A mob story fits every single culture. It's just not necessarily the mob, right? But it's the tribe, or, or whatever, right? And so this would work no matter what the ethnicity of Roman Reigns it was, right? If he was, you know, if he was playing a Norse Viking, they had, like, tribes or, or, or clans, right? And he, wa- he would have been the, the, the head of the clan, um, which, which said, I would never make that a gimmick. Just saying it sounds wrong because we're in America and being the the head of the clan is not what you think it is because we had a thing here in America called the clan and they're not good 
there's uh there, right so i would never use it as a gimmick that that does sound like something vince mcmahon would do though and i could only imagine how he would do it he'd probably be the leader of it <laughs> uh um but right and so i'm I honestly, this is uh, this is a rabbit hole. This is a, me just sort of going sideways on this topic. It just annoys me though that when people come out here and Roman's holding the titles hostage, he's not. I I personally think you have one more match with Roman Reigns. You have one more opponent. That's Jay Uso at SummerSlam, and I think Jay Uso defeats him. I think that's where this is going. I think that's where this is going. It's it's where it has to go. Right? It's where it has to go. That's the direction this has to go down. Right? And so this new title, if we can get back on track here, right? I was going straight. I was doing good. And then I veered left. And I veered left so far. Now I got to find my way back <laughs> to going straight. Right? Right? If we can get back to this to talk about the titles, right? This new title is essentially just fan service to make the internet fans, the IWC, happy that we're going to f- have a fighting champion on at least one of the brands, right? But let me talk about this promo that Triple H gave, right? Because he built up Roman, he, and a lot of people are like, well, he just shit on Roman. He just, No, I don't really necessarily think he shit on Roman, but what he did do is completely throw this new title before you even crowned a new champion, you threw it into what I would call secondary status. Right? Because you made it sound like it was a mid-card title. No, I'm not a big fan of the idea of mid-card. Right? And I don't know if I've talked about this or not. If if not, this probably will be the topic on Saturday. Is I'll, I'll, in fact, I'll write that down. That's what we'll talk about Saturday. And, and we'll spend about a, a few minutes talking about why I don't like the idea of mid-card in wrestling. Um, because I, what I believe is, and I'll give a, a sort of uh, general overview, is I believe you have your main eventers, and then you have your sort of secondary talent. Now, your secondary talent can be guys like, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, who are main event guys, just who aren't in the main event picture, right? Gunther is a secondary type. He's a main event guy. Gunther, as IC champion, can main event matches, right? But when you when you put him in a box, if he's the mid card champion, that means he can he can only be in the mid card, but he can main event. He can. Gunther as IC champion against Sheamus or Drew McIntyre, that can be a main event that could win match of the year any year. So I hate this idea that we sort of box in the mid-card as if it can only be in the middle of the card or the beginning of the card and because it's not true. Your, your IC champion, your US champion, they can main event the show and still be successful. They are secondary champions. And what what Triple H did here in this promo is he made this new title sound like it's going to be the working man's champion. That you're going to have a fighting champion who's going to be on the show week after week and he's going to fight. And I'm sorry, that diminishes the ch- that title. It does. It's not a world champion at that point. It's a, it's, you now have three secondary titles. You have Roman Reigns at the top doing what Roman Reigns does. And now you have three secondary champions who are going to show up every week, who may defend on TV, who are going to be the workhorses of the brand's. Right, and, and so you you completely box this thing in as secondary. My second question then with this 
is Roman Reigns going to drop the two belt gimmick? Right, because the, the perception of him carrying two belts is that they're going to be split up at some point. If they're not going to split the belts up, are we just going to have him carry one belt? Same thing with the tag championships. Are they just going to carry one belt or are they going to awkwardly carry two? Because that's awkward. Right? Now, now a third point that I want to mention that sort of connects with the idea that they've boxed this in a secondary is I'm assuming this title's coming to Raw. I don't see a a world where Roman Reigns gets drafted by Monday Night Raw. I just don't see it happen. What I would imagine would happen is they're going to have a match at some point. Now, I'll be honest. I'm recording this on a Monday night. I told you I turned it off at 9.30, right? I told you I turned Monday Night Raw off at 9.30. Right, I started recording this. I wanted to record this early while my thoughts about the title were in my head. Right, so what I'm assuming is is either the second half, you know that, you know, I watched an hour and a half. So in that second hour and a half of Raw, they're either going to have a match to uh, determine who gets first pick, or to start the show on Monday Night Raw. Or excuse me, excuse me, to start the show on SmackDown on Friday, they're going to have a match probably, to see who gets the first pick. Or they're going to do some, like, coin toss or some type of method to determine. And SmackDown, I believe, will get the first pick. And they're going to draft Roman Reigns. I believe that's what's going to happen. Or at some way, shape, and form, whoever, right? And so the first thing with this draft, that's already been mentioned, but I'll mention it again, is who's making the picks, because if there's not a face of the brand, if there's not a GM, if there's not an owner of the brands, if it's just like, hey, so-and-so has picked this, if there's not a GM or some sort of manager of the brand, then then all this comes off as is this is a roster shakeup. And, and behind the scenes off camera, they just wrote some names down who's going to be on what brand. Right, so so they, you have to put someone in charge. Like Adam Pierce would be fine running GM for one of the brands, and then introduce a new GM, and maybe they'll do that at the draft. I hope they do. Um, um, so I just, I just don't see a world where Roman goes to Monday. Night Raw. I see him staying on SmackDown. I don't see Fox Network allowing Roman Reigns to not be on their programming. Right? Or the Bloodline. Like, I don't see the Bloodline leaving SmackDown. I just don't. Um, so what I see happening is this new title goes to Raw. Which tells me Austin Theory's not getting over Austin Theory, because imagine this, right? A couple months ago, you had Austin Theory cash in on Seth Rollins for the USA title to try to make the USA title feel important. Right, because you were trying to make it the, the, the primary champion of the brand. And... It just didn't work. It didn't work with Rollins as champion or Lashley as champion or now Theory as champion. It's just not working trying to get the U.S. title over because as the work as a, because it's a workhorse championship and, and, and people already sort of have in their minds that it's a secondary championship. So what do you do? You create a new secondary championship with the way that it was promoted. Right, it's supposed to be a world champion, but it comes off as if you know this is a secondary champion. This is going to be a belt that will be defended a lot. I think it's okay to only have, you know, four or five title defenses a year. I think that's fine. To me, that would be okay. Like Roman Reigns defending his title four or five times a year is more than enough for me. It really is. I don't need him to have 12 pay-per-view matches a year where he defends the title. It just doesn't work. It wouldn't work with his gimmick, and I don't think any champion needs to do that. 
But the last thing I'll say about this is we get zero detail in this promo. Now, again, I stopped watching at 9.30, so we could have got something going on. Um, you know, I have been trying to keep up with Twitter. Um, while I'm recording this to see if any other news happens. Um... But from from my knowledge, as as I'm recording this, there's no details on how they're going to determine who fights for this championship, or how they're how they're going to determine like what who's in the match for this title, right? It just. I just don't understand. Is this just, is this what the Cody versus Brock match is going to be for? Are they going are they going to give Cody Rhodes the belt here? Is this how they're going to do it? I don't know. I'm I'm just not a big fan of that. I'm assuming a tournament would happen. To determine maybe a qualifying match. If they go down the traditional road WWE goes down on. And we'll probably end up having like a fatal four way. Which would be cool. But all of it just and as we conclude our thoughts on this on this idea here. On this topic. It all just comes down on. This again just feels secondary. It still feels like there's Roman Reigns. And then there's everyone else who can't beat Roman Reigns. And this, so this sort of feels like, hey, we feel sorry for you. So we're going to create another ch- title so that you have some, right? And again, it's fan service for a, a very minority group of fans who don't like Roman Reigns being champion. And who can't wait for this story to end w- within the next year. I, I really feel that this ends at SummerSlam. I don't think they extended past SummerSlam, right? So I just don't understand, personally, why we can't wait four more months for for, for Jey Uso or Solo or whoever beats Roman to beat Roman Reigns. And then we could be done with it and not have to worry about it. Look, I'll be okay. Like Roman Reigns is probably my favorite wrestler right now, currently active. But, but but because I understand that the business is a storyline business, I understand that he's going to have to lose the title. And he should lose the title. Right? This thing can't keep going on for 12 years. Right? I think it is time for him to drop the belts at SummerSlam in a way that makes perfect sense. See, because I was all for, uh, if you would have asked me at Hell in a Cell around this time last year, right, backlash of last year, if you would have asked me, did I want Cody Rhodes to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39? Yes. And then he got hurt. And then he was gone for nine months. And then he comes back at Royal Rumble and he wins and there's no story as to why he should beat Roman. Because, because, what, what I wanted was he, he came back, he beat Seth Rollins, he goes through the matches with Seth Rollins, he wins, he either wins money in the bank, and now he can set up a, hey, at WrestleMania, we're going to fight, and I'm giving you, you know, this much notice to be prepared for it, or you have him sort of the scratch and claw and, get, and earn a number one opportunity, right, but then the injury happened. And then you made Sammy the big baby face. And I just felt that Cody being shoved into the world title picture just didn't make any sense. And so should should Cody end up beating Roman? That's a different question. You know, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said yes because I, I felt the story was headed in that direction. But now we're in a new direction. And I, and I, and I really feel this from the bottom of everything that I am. Jey Uso has to be the one to beat Roman. He has to be the one to beat Roman. That's ha- that has to be where the story goes. It's the only thing that makes logical sense on how you end this. 
And so, while you have Roman Reigns out here leading the pack, and there's a large gap to me, it's Roman Reigns, then there's everyone else on the roster. Right, the Usos are close, but like Jay's probably in second place. And then there's a gap back a little bit further, right? But but no one's on Roman's level right now. And I don't think there's anyone legitimately built to make logical sense. It's okay to tell a logical story. You don't just need to put a match together and have, an, have a result happen just to give fan service, right? And everyone's excuse or everyone's example that they want to use about how Tony Khan is better as a booker is... They booked Swerve in his glory to beat the acclaimed. The crowd basically booed and booed and booed on 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 Twitter. So the next week after the pay per view, after after one week after losing, like four days after losing the match, you come in and you have the acclaimed win in a rematch to get a pop, and you do it to get a pop, and it makes no sense. Right, you don't. Sometimes you just have to go with the story. Who cares if the fans are, you know, a hundred percent like like the fans are supposed to hate Roman anyway. So it's not like he's getting bad reactions. He's getting the reaction he should be getting, and so taking like so many people like they should have just stripped Roman of one of the belts. Well, there is only one belt. They're they're unified champions, which again is why the the, the two belt gimmick is awkward. Because they're unified, it should just be one belt, and you can't and you can't you know strip Roman of the Universal title because that's the one they want at a, at a thousand days, right? So so what we get instead of waiting to for the end of the story at SummerSlam, what we get instead is a new title. With very little detail on who's going to defend it. Apparently it's a workhorse title. Because you know. It, uh, we deserve as fans. We deserve better than Roman Reigns. Which is a bunch of bullshit. Roman Reigns for t- three years. Right. Really for about two years. Worked his ass off. For two years. And he took. He, he, he uses the last 12 months. To take a break after working for about two years straight. He takes the third year of his title reign and he, he defends it at, at a half the schedule as before. And you want me to complain about that? He, he gave you two straight years of banger after banger after banger. And you want me to complain because he slows down a little bit to try to relax? Nah. Especially when it fits his gimmick? Nah, I I don't understand the hatred for Roman Reigns. I don't. This is completely different than a Brock Lesnar situation. Right? And so we we get a response that is simply to please the IWC and the Roman Reigns haters. And what's going to happen is you're going to crown a new champion and you're in about... Two or three months after we crown a new champion by SummerSlam of this year with this new title, people are going to be over it. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to be, you know, it's going to feel secondary and we're still going to have Roman Reigns doing what Roman Reigns does. And then SummerSlam happens and Jey Uso or Solo Sokoa or someone's going to beat Roman and that title is still going to be primary, Right? You don't right you don't need your world champion fighting on every show. All right, th- th- that's my thoughts there. We'll, we'll leave that there as we get more information. I'm sure I'll talk more about this championship. Um but there's not much more I I have to say about it. So let's go to one must go. Right? And so we're we're, we're talking the four different eras of NXT. Right? So you have what I would call a game show era. Um, that's the very beginning of NXT. That's where we get uh, Daniel Bryan from, the mentors. If you've never watched game show NXT, I highly suggest if you have Peacock to go back and watch it. And then we have black and gold era. 
Um, which I'm going to start with, like, the, the initial era, the Seth Rollins, and I, I'm going to put them in this category. Um, and Sasha and Charlotte and Bailey and Becky and Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano and Undisputed Era. Um, black and gold lasted, I think, the longest of all of these eras. And right, and and probably produced, has produced more name brand, you know, known superstars on the, on the main roster. Right. Then you have NXT 2.0. We know what that is. It's the um, you know, triple. It's the Vince McMahon takes over NXT era. And then I'm having what I call NXT 2003. Or excuse me, 2023, NXT 2023, because I don't know what they're calling it. I don't know what to call it. Um, it's not 2.0, but it's not black and gold. Like I said, it's a little bit of a mixture. Um, it's our current era of NXT. And the question is, which one of these would you get rid of? Now, I'm going to tell you which one I'm not going to get rid of first. The first one that is safe is going to be, well, well, there's two that are safe. There's two that are safe. And that's the present day era of NXT. And that's NXT 2.0 era of NXT. And I already know the main answer of which one we should get rid of is 2.0. I already know that the the, the current era or, or NXT 2.0 is going to be the most hated era of NXT. I already know that's going to be the big answer. And 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 I'm sorry, but the current NXT 2.0 and the current product for NXT is extremely slept upon. There's really good storylines, there's really good gimmicks, there's really good entertainment aspects of the show using the developmental model. NXT today is extremely slept upon. There is so many talented people down there. I think it's the best thing in in wrestling today. It's better than Raw. It's better than SmackDown. It's better than AEW. It's better than like Dynamite and Rampage. It's. Um, I don't watch a lot of Impact. I know I've heard Impact Wrestling is doing very good product wise. Um, I I can't verify. I don't get the channel. I probably would record Impact if I got the channel, cause 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 it does seem interesting, and and what I have watched in the past has been very good. Um, if only I got the channel on on the streaming network that I use to to stream t- TV from. Um. And so I'm saving 2.0 and I'm saving the present era, right? NXT 2023, which means that either game show era NXT has to go or black and gold era has to go. Um, one of these, one of them would be a hot take. The other one would probably be the most logical answer, right? But I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I'm getting rid of black and gold era NXT. Here's why. Because game show NXT was supposed to figure out, like, first off, it was hella entertaining. But secondly, it was supposed to figure out who was next. Right? And you're supposed to win a main roster superstar. Now, I'm not a big fan of the game show aspect. But NXT, to me, works better when it is developmental. And black and gold was taken way too seriously as a third brand. Right, Triple H did everything in his power to convince us that NXT was a third main roster brand when it shouldn't have been. Right, and so we get what what we end up getting is, you know, and this is more towards the end of it. You get undisputed era. You get Gargano and Ciampa who stay there for four, five, six years in the same position on NXT. And you don't get anything else. The only thing out of like like I liked Charlotte. Like early black and gold was good. When when the superstars were being developed, they would be made and then they would be called up. Right? 
you right you you got like the ascension did that you know they they got over they won the champion right when elect like when alexa bliss and enzo and them were there right they got hot they they got developed they got put up but then eventually we got to this point where it became wwe sort of roh and it became like an underground independent scene type style and you had guys like Ciampa who said, I don't want to get caught up, so I'm just going to stay down in NXT. And you have have the same like four or five people battling for these titles. And I'm going to be completely honest, it was, it, it was shit television with very good takeovers, and that's all people talk about. There was very little storyline, and so there was, there was very little that interested me about the product as a whole from NXT Black and Gold, especially towards the end, right? All you had are matches, and I get it, it's the wrestling business, you should have some good matches, but I had very little story, even with, like, Bailey and Sasha. Could anyone tell me what the story of that was outside of, like, the match was great, right? The match at Brook- NXT Brooklyn might be the best NXT women's match of all time. It might be the best women's match of all time. Sasha versus Bailey at NXT Brooklyn 1. Or was it 2? I don't even remember. Right? It was, a, it was a while ago, though, right? That match was a banger. But what was the story? I don't remember it. Right? A good story is something you remember. I'm going to remember the Bloodline story forever. Because it's a good story. But I don't remember what was going on between Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and, and Charlotte. I don't remember what was going on between Undisputed Era. I don't remember most of their feuds. I don't remember what was going on between Gargano and Ciampa off the top of my head. I don't understand those storylines. Not that I don't understand them. I don't remember them. And so black and gold just doesn't, it doesn't hit me in the same way that it hits, you know, the indie darling type fans. And so the answer to me, it might be a hot take, but if I had to get rid of a, a era of NXT, it's black and gold. Now I'm going to I'm changing the the sort of narrative on how I do this, right? It's not we're gonna it's not that we're deleting it. It's which one did I, essentially this is which one did I like the least? Because I don't want to delete any superstar. Like, if you delete Game Show Era, you, you lose Daniel Bryan. Because he was probably the only real star that came out of the Game Show Era. But if you delete Black and Gold, you lose Charlotte. And I don't I don't think we should delete Charlotte from the history books. I don't think we should delete Becky Lynch and Bailey from the history books. But I think Black and Gold as a whole... Like, I'd be perfectly fine deleting Undisputed Era... From WWE history. Right. And I'm almost tempted to say that there's like a fifth. Era of NXT. Between game show and between what I would consider black and gold. Because black and gold NXT to me really starts with. Undisputed era. Ciampa and Gargano. Guys like that. Right. After Finn Balor. After Nakamura. After McIntyre. After. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Neville and 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 Seth Rollins and and Charlotte Becky Sasha and Bailey right after all of that where we get like this new generation that starts with Adam Cole and 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 Undisputed Era and DIY Champa Gargano right I feel like well, like we should divide that era of time between Game Show and like the, the the era, there's a large amount of time between Game Show and 2.0, which we would we would consider as fully as black and gold. I feel like we should separate that in half, because it's really the back half that 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 bothers me, because it became less about developing stars, and became more about taking ROH rejects and putting them on WWE TV. Taking the indie darlings and making NXT the indie show. And and for that reason, because it stopped developing superstars, right? Name one person from the black and gold era who had any success on the main roster. 
And I know many are going to say, well, Vince booked them wrong. No, no, no. Understand this. They could not get themselves over in the WWE system, which is why I'm all for 2.0. Because the 2.0 system is we're not going to hire people who were trained on the indie scenes and, and put in 20 years. We're going to hire college athletes who have never done a wrestling match ever. We're going to train them at our performance center. We're going to train them to be WWE-style wrestlers. We're going to train them to be entertainers. And then they'll have some success. Right? I think Braun Breaker is going to be successful in the main roster. But he's a 2.0 guy. I think Carmelo Hayes is going to be successful in the main roster. But he's a 2.0 guy. I think Grayson Waller is going to be highly successful in the main roster. But he's a 2.0 guy. But can you name me one person from the black and gold era that was successful on the main roster? Can you name me one? Maybe Finn Balor. But even then, can Finn Balor really draw? Like, he's not the one carrying Judgment Day. Mommy's carrying Judgment Day. The only reason I give one shit about the Judgment Day is because of Rhea Ripley. Maybe she's the one from from Black and Gold, because I would consider Rhea Ripley Black and Gold. Maybe she's one of the only stars. But she was also very, very young when she came to WWE. She was like 21 years old. And learned this system and is now excelling. And she's at the best of her career now as an entertainer rather than a pro wrestler. She's entertaining as fuck. She went, she's great on the mic. She can tell a story. She can play characters. Right? That's the type of thing that interests me. Right? The only reason I care about the Judgment Day is because of Rhea Ripley. That's the only thing that, that draws me to the Judgment Day. Finn Balor doesn't run it. Damian Priest doesn't run it. Dominic is not doing it for me. Mommy is doing it for me. Rhea Ripley. She's the only one in the Judgment Day that 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 is is drawing. Let's just be completely honest. She's the only one people care about. And so black and gold, especially the back half of it, um, it, it it's gone. Like I would get rid of it. I would be completely fine not having undisputed era. Not having Gargano, not having Ciampa, not having, there's so many superstars that I completely forget were even in NXT black and gold at that point, right? Rhea Ripley's a a good success story. The four horsewomen are good success stories of the era, but I feel like they're from that front part of the era where it was about developing superstars. And creating characters and creating gimmicks. And so black and gold. And maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll sort of create a fifth a fifth thing here. We'll have we'll split black and gold in half because that's essentially what I've been doing with my answer anyway. And I don't know what I'll call the first half. I don't know what we can call that. But but the undisputed era of black and gold. With, with UE, with DIY, with with the people that I've been naming here. That's got to go. You can erase a lot of those superstars from, from the memory bank of WWE history. Right? You can delete Adam Cole. You can eliminate Bobby Fish. You can eliminate Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. And we'll be perfectly fine. You'd be perfectly fine. So black and gold's got to go, man. It's my least favorite era, right? If I had to rank them, it would be I would say present day right now because there's so many there's so many stars that weren't part of 
that are like present day stars that I'm all for. And then, um, um, and then I would put 2.0 in second place. And then I would put game show and then I would put black and gold. That's how I would rate the arrows. Honestly, completely honest. Because NXT to me should be developmental. It should be developmental. All right, let's end this because we got another long question here. Um, it's a question from the Discord again, what I'm talking about here. So I can, I'll can i go ahead and promote it. The casual community show YouTube page that's run by Notorious Nerdy D. Go to his YouTube page. Subscribe to the channel. Watch some of his videos. It's really good content. He does a wrestling show on Wednesdays. He releases some other casual, you know, casual sports, casual food, casual movies, stuff like that. And and it's it's stuff for everyone there. Um, like, share, subscribe to that page. In the descriptions of his videos, he has a link to his Discord that he runs. Um, and we're trying to build this community. It's a really fun community. And what I do and what I've decided to do, because there's so many fun questions that get asked here, is do to pull a question or two every every episode from the Discord and to, to give it the answer. And this was asked. Um, it was a post that was made. Um, I forgot the, the sports blog who did it. Um, but essentially... The question was asked, and then the, the question, the, the post was shared in the Discord. And, and instead of answering there, I just said, hey, look, I'm going to talk about this on Wednesday. Um, and so I'll, I'll save my response for that. So that no one in the Discord has heard my response to this question. If Triple H gave you creative control for one day, what's the first thing that you do? So I'm going to tell you what I would do with the entire day. Like, what, what is everything I would do? So the first thing I would do, since that is the question, the first thing I would do as in control of creative is look at the, the script, look at the booking for Omos, and completely change everything they got. Because whatever the hell they're doing with Omos is not working. Part of me just wants to say, rip it up. Throw it in the trash. Tell Omos to go home. We ain't got nothing for you. That's what I would do with Omos. We ain't got nothing for you. Right? There's nothing. There's no reason Omos needs to be on the show every single week. There's nothing going on with them here. Dude's about as stiff as a plank board. Um, And so... That's probably the first thing I would do is send Omos to catering. Um, the second thing I would do, this would have happened, like, because like, like, a lot of people, like, if you become president, what's the first thing you do? Well, there's probably about 16 things I would do at the same time. And that's why I'm doing what things that I would do for control over the day, right? I'm, I'm splitting the street profits up. It's happening that day. Triple H can pick up the pieces. But we're splitting the street profits up. Montez Ford is getting a big push as a single superstar because it should have happened after that Elimination Chamber match where he was the star of the match. Um, so Montez is getting pushed. Omos is getting the door. He, I, shit, I'd almost convince... If, if Vince McMahon wasn't in his office jerking off to Omos... I'd probably try to convince him to send Omos a pink slip. <laughs> but we're we're sending Omos probably back to NXT to be developed because he was never developed. We're pushing Montez Ford to the fucking moon. We're we're we're, we're creating a new rule. And this is something that I feel every promotion should do. That your secondary champions can cash in their championship for a world title match. At any time. At any place. 
right? Rather than having money in the bank, what you should do is, hey, you're the U.S. champion. You don't want to be U.S. champion anymore. You want to be world champion. You don't want to be secondary. You want to be primary. You can cash in your secondary champion for a world title match. If you lose, you're no longer champion of any of them. If you win, you're you're now the, the primary champion. And you essentially are vacating your championship spot for a chance at the prime at the bigger title. I'm instituting that as as a rule. And we're doing it with Gunther. And we're giving Gunther right instead of creating this new championship, I'm splitting the belts by saying Gunther is going to cash in for the WWE Championship and the WWE Championship only. And that's how you would split the belts. And Gunther would win. Which would start a feud between the Bloodline and Imperium. That's something that we never really fully got that feud. I'm, I mean, you're like, well, that's, that's heel versus heel. Yeah, but there's motivation between the two. Like, two bad guys can go to war against each other. It happens all the time. Two good guys can go to war with each other. It happens all the time. Depends on the motivation. Right? I'm taking the belts off of Sammy and Kevin. And I'm putting them on Imperium. I'm taking the belts off of Sammy and Kevin, and I'm putting them on Imperium, or at least on some sort of established tag team. I'm splitting up Alpha Academy. Fully. We're not playing around. We're not teasing it. It's fully going to be split, and Chad Gable is going to become U.S. champion. I'm creating a woman's mid-card or secondary title. I, I know I, I'm creating a secondary women's championship. I'm scrapping the women's tag team championship. Right, all of that's happening day one, baby. You put me in control. I'm talking radical change. So what is it that I've said? Montez is getting a big push, splitting from Dawkins. You're sending Omos to NXT. We're splitting the titles. IC champion gets vacated. Gunther wins the WWE championship. Imperium wins the tag team championship for, for Raw. Right? We're splitting those titles up as well. We're starting a feud between Imperium and the, and the Bloodline. Or... Right, because Roman's upset that Gunther took his championship, so now he wants the Usos to take Imperium's championship. That's literally the motivation. You're putting the U.S. title on on Gable. You're putting the IC title on Montez. You're creating a, 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 a excuse me a secondary women's champion. And you're strapping that to either Liv Morgan, Raquel, Bailey. I don't think you need to put it on Bailey. We know Bailey can get over as 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 primary champion. But someone like Liv or Raquel, Lacey, Shotzi, someone like that to see if if they would be a good champion. I'm pushing the fuck out of Lacey Evans. I love Lacey Evans. I'm sorry. I'm splitting up damage control. That doesn't need to be a thing no more. We're scrapping the women's tag team champions. The belts are gone. I think that's enough for a day. I think that's a good answer. That's enough for a day's work. That's a tough show. You better give me a Monday Night Raw to do all of this. And the last thing I'm doing is I'm writing me in for a promo. And I'm coming down to the ring and giving a Vince Russo 
<laughs> Promo. <laughs> I'm talking like Bash at the Beach 2000 Vince Russo type promo. Who I, I'm giving it on, I have no idea. But I'm going to come down and I'm going to be like, I'm tired of the politics of the of the business or whatever the fuck Russo said. <laughs> but and I... <laughs> I don't I don't know who I'm who I'd be shooting on. Shit, I'd probably shoot on Vince. To be honest with you. <laughs> uh Nah. I'm writing me a promo and I and I'll and I'm gonna be like, I'm tired of the bullshit on Wednesdays. I I'll shoot the fuck like like I'm calling the Vince McMahon, I'm walking in his office, hey Hunter. Hunter gave me creative control for the for the day. So what's about to happen to to open this show? That's on Hunter. But I'm about to go spaz off on AEW, and I'm about to change your fucking company from the bottom up. And and and, and that's Hunter's fault. He's gonna pick up the consequences for everything that I do. And then when I'm done doing that show and it's a banger of a show, I'm submitting my resume, and they're gonna. And they're going to have no choice but to hire me as head writer. And that's a pipe dream that I live in. But that's exactly what I would do if Triple H gave me creative control. There's not just one thing. And there isn't like an order of priorities. It's literally I'm writing a show and all of this is happening. All of this is happening. I'm, pro- I'm starting the show. I'm walking down to the ring. I'm calling out, I'm, I'm calling out cocaine cocaine con or whatever the f- I'll come up with some catchy phrase to 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 probably be like oh and Donny Mandana on Wednesdays uh, I'm I'm letting loose like I went off on Jeff Hardy on this podcast the other week right I'm letting loose on Tony Khan I'm starting a war on Tony Khan Tony Mandana. And then I'm doing everything that I just said. Doing everything I just said I would do. What it be would be done on a Monday night raw. And we're booking it in Charlotte, where I live. So I ain't gotta travel nowhere. <laughs> in fact, y- y- y'all are coming to Greensboro. That's about an hour from me. I'm fine traveling up there. Trips. Let me write your May 15th edition of Raw. You're also going to Columbia, which is about an hour from me the other direction, in South Carolina. Let me book that SmackDown as well. Let me book it. Give me give me the range for two days, two episodes. I, I got a lot to accomplish. So, yeah, send send those recommendations to Trips. Maybe he, maybe he can make the product a little bit better. But that's what I'll do. Let me know what you guys will do. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. It's crazy how quickly this time flies by. It's quick. It's crazy how quick this is. I've been sitting here having fun on this microphone. I love recording these things for y'all. Last thing, I just want to remind you, I'm starting the We Too Deep Podcast Network. Still working out. You know, I want to get people involved in it before I create the YouTube page. If there's no interest, I'll say it this way. If there's no interest by any other creator to want to sort of have a collaboration in that way to where you create your show and I'll post it and, and I'll put it in a place where we can all promote our, our show equally as a network. If there's no interest in it, I, I won't create it. It's just an idea. At this point, it's at an idea stage and until there's interest for people to be creators on it, then it's not going to happen. But it's an idea. The offers out there. Any podcast, anything y'all want to talk about, we could set something up, right? And 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 again, so that it's an idea that's out there. I'm I'm going to. I'm offering to create a place where we could have a community of of podcast of of people who want to just talk, have free speech, talk about whatever they want to talk about, how they want to talk about it, and 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 that's what it is. So. The offer's still out there. You can find me on Twitter and, and TikTok at We2Deep413. That's W-E-T-O-O-D-E-P-413. Again, We2Deep413. That's Twitter and TikTok. Uh, 
you message me, whatever. If y'all got questions y'all want answered and you're not in the Discord, first off, join the Discord and ask along. You could be part of the questions from the Discord question. Or if you don't want to join the Discord, just, just DM me. I, I, they're open. I ain't got nothing to hide from y'all. I don't really right? if, if I don't know who you are and you asking and you talking silly, I'm not responding. But y'all get the point. <laughs> but yeah, thank y'all for listening. This has been Randall Beatley, your host of the Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast. Thank y'all for listening to this episode and we'll see you on the next one.